It's nighttime in the city. There's a hint of jasmine in the air. A startled cat runs across the piano keys. My neighbor keeps walking around upstairs. A man slowly falls out of love. It's Theme Time Radio Hour with your host, Bob Dylan. We're gonna need more ice. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Theme Time Radio Hour. I'm your host, Bob Dylan. To paraphrase Alexander Dumas in The Count of Monte Cristo, I'm so delighted to see you again. It makes me forget for the moment that all happiness is fleeting. You may wonder what brings us back after so long with an all-new episode of Themes, Dreams, and Schemes. Well, the answer is simple. Recently, I met some distillers and blenders, and together we cooked up our own brand of Tennessee bourbon, double barrel, and straight rye whiskey. Maybe you've read about it. It's called Heaven's Door. Now, I'm not going to pull your coat too much about it, because me telling you how good it is is like trying to tickle yourself. It just doesn't work. You have to taste it. Then it speaks for itself. But we all thought it might be a good idea to do an episode of Theme Time all about those various amber intoxicants. There's no shortage of songs, and it has been fun to get the gang back together. Though it's been so long, I'm not even sure if we should call it Theme Time Radio Hour anymore. I mean, does anybody still have a radio? Some folks might even be listening on a smart toaster. I don't know. Theme time device hour just doesn't sound right. Tell you what, we're going to keep the name and not worry about where you listen to it. So let's crack open a fresh bottle of Heaven's Door and we'll learn where NASCAR came from and what exactly is meant by coming through the rye and a whole lot more. Let's start things off on the quiet side. Whiskey, whiskey on the shelf. You were so quiet there by yourself. Things were fine till they took you down and opened you up and passed you around. John was the first one to pull you down. He took one drink and he started to clown. Passed you to Hazel, Jane, and Jack. Penelope got you and passed you right back. The doorbell rang and what did you see? In walked Henry, Fred, and Marie. They hit you high, they hit you low. They hit you fast and they hit you slow. Whiskey! On the shelf, you were so quiet there by yourself. Things were fine till it took you down, opened you up and passed you around. Dead and wanted another They reached on the shelf and grabbed your brother It's a shame the way they did you in Then reached up and got your brother Jim Grandfather wine began to tremble with fright Wondering if the party was gonna last all night Grandfather wine knew without a doubt He was next in line if the juice ran out Whiskey 
on the shelf. You were so quiet there by yourself. Things were fine till they took you down, opened you up and passed you around. Everybody, they've got real tight. Now they want to start a fight. John never did nothing wrong in his life. Now he's in the corner with the policeman's wife. Frank's so drunk he can hardly see. Trying to make love to Penelope. She took a bottle and hit him in the jaw. That's when the neighbors called the law. Whiskey on the shelf. You were so quiet there by yourself. Things were fine till they took you down, opened you up, and passed you around. <laughs> Whiskey on the shelf. That was leather-lunged, blue-shouter Wynoni Harris with a raucous tale of quiet whiskey. I was looking at the songwriter credits on my copy of that record, and Wynoni got his name on there, as did Henry Glover, who is a fascinating character. There's also a guy named Rob Shell who wrote a couple of other things for the King label. But the fourth guy's name really caught my eye, Fred Wasmantle. Who's he? Turns out he started out as an arranger with the Glenn Miller Orchestra. From there, he co-wrote some of the rockin'est jump blues of the 40s and 50s, like the one we just heard. He went on to write for Johnny Ray, and in the late 60s, did some of the horn charts for Steam on their Na 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 Hey Hey Kiss Him Goodbye album. Nice run. Good going, Fred. Next song you're about to hear is based around some floating verses. These maverick standards were kind of like a common pool of lyrics lots of people used. The title of the song, If River Was Whiskey, was first published in a book from 1928. It popped up on a record a year later in Sleepy John Estes's version of Diving Duck Blues. You can hear that opening verse travel to a half a dozen different songs, including another one you'll hear before the end of today's program, so stay tuned. In 1920, Charlie Poole, that North Carolina wizard of the banjo, put it together with an even older song, The Hesitation Blues, and recorded this version. Charlie Poole reinvented this playing style after injuring his hand in a drunken barroom bet. The man knew how to take lemons and make lemonade, and I'm pretty sure he added a healthy shot of hooch to that. Here's my label mate on Columbia Records, Charlie Poole. If the river was whiskey and I was a duck, I'd dive to the bottom and I'd never come up. Well, tell me how long have I got you in? Oh, can I get you now? Must have hit a tape. If the river was whiskey and the branch was wine, you could see me in bathing just any old time. Well, tell me how long have I got you in? Oh, can I get you now? Must have had a taste. Must have had a taste 
born in Alabama, was raised in Tennessee. You don't like my peaches, don't shake on my tree, oh tell me how long have I got to wait? Oh, can I get you now? Fight the head I take. Just as far as I can see, a man had my woman and the blues had me. Tell me how long have I got to wait? Oh, can I get you now? Must have had a take. I ain't no doctor, but the doctor's son. I can do the doctor, tell the doctor come. Don't tell me how long have I got to wait? Oh, can I get you now? Must have had a take. Charlie Poole makes a river of whiskey sound pretty good. However, a river of molasses, that's a different story altogether. On January 15, 1919, 2.5 million gallons of molasses ran through the streets of Boston's North End when a tank that was being used in the manufacture of rum exploded. People say slow as molasses. But a 40-foot high wave of molasses flooded the Boston streets at an amazing 35 miles an hour, leaving 21 people dead. Some people in that part of town swear they can still smell molasses in their basements. This is Theme Time Radio Hour, reminding you that no molasses is used in the manufacture of bourbon, whiskey, or rye. Charlie Poole made a river of whiskey theoretical. But when Willie Nelson sings about Whiskey River, you have no doubt that it exists. Even though everybody thinks of it as one of Willie's songs, I know I do, it's one that he didn't write. It was written by a guy they call the Country Caruso, Johnny Bush. Johnny and Willie knew each other back in the early 60s. This is when Willie was writing songs like Crazy and Nightlife. Johnny had this distinctive voice that songwriters loved. It had a little catch in it, like a built-in heartbreak. I'm drowning in a whiskey river. Willie loved his singing and financed Johnny's first record and used his band to back him up. He was doing pretty good and Whiskey River was climbing the charts until his voice started failing him. He turned to drugs and developed stage fright on top of everything else. But his friends never gave up on him. And he never gave up on himself. Medical treatment, hard work, and support of friends like Willie brought him back. And since then, he's released new music and received many accolades. Johnny Bush swam in the Whiskey River and lived to tell the tale. 
Here's his loyal friend Willie to tell you all about it. Whiskey River, take my mind. Don't let her memory torture me. Whiskey River, don't run dry. All I got to care of me. Whiskey River, take my mind. Whiskey River, take my 
Willie Nelson swimming upstream in that whiskey river. You're listening to Theme Time Radio Hour, full of whiskey dreams, bourbon schemes, and rye themes. I was in Elmo's the other night, and a bear came in and said, Give me a whiskey and a soda. Why the big pause? asked the bartender. The bear shrugged and replied, I don't know. I was born this way. Lady Gaga told me that joke. You know, when you polish off a bottle of whiskey, there's some things you definitely should not do, like drive or operate heavy machinery. But there are some things you can do, like learn how to put a ship in an empty bottle or make sand paintings inside them like Andrew Clemens did in Dubuque, Iowa in the 1890s. But perhaps my favorite thing would be to cut the neck off of it and sand down the edges and learn to play bottle neck guitar. In the background is Sylvester Weaver and Walter Beasley from 1927 on the OK label. Truth to tell, Sylvester is probably using his pocket knife to get that slide sound. But I've seen people use all sorts of things to play bottleneck, including mezzan bottles, old lipstick tubes, piece of copper wire, and actual bottlenecks. Nowadays, you hear people like Ryan Cooter, Bonnie Raitt, Jack White, and maybe the best of them all, Derek Trucks, keeping that sound alive. Now, this next record is also from the 1920s, and the guitar sounds like it could be from a country blues string band, but a big surprise happens when the vocals come in. Edmund Tagu and Frank Essien were a couple of African expats from Ghana living in London back in the 20s when they recorded this song, Whiskey Sanonu Oda, for the Zonophone label. Recorded music changed everything. For example, we can hear how Hawaiian music influenced blues and country. And right here, it's pretty obvious these guys were hearing records by guys like Bo Carter and Blind Blake, even Sylvester Weaver. As a matter of fact, Xenophone actively tried to merge African styles with European and American song forms to reach more customers. Kind of like David Byrne before David Byrne. Whiskey is the only word I understand here, and they're singing in a language called Ga, which is spoken in the regions around Accra, the capital of Ghana. But sometimes you don't have to understand every word to get the meaning. I imagine people enjoying Sam and Dave in a lot of countries that don't speak English. Here's whiskey song on your da. Whiskey song on your da. Young more song on your da. Your sunny pair on your da. Obana nani baba. 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 I dang we yo he wo, krobo song yada. I egg we yo he wo, no me song yada. Obana noni baba, obana noni baba, obana noni baba, obana noni baba. 
whiskey song and you'll die, your more song and you'll die, your sunny pair and you'll die, or by none on it, Obana noni baba, obana noni baba, obana noni baba, obana noni baba. Obana noni baba, obana noni baba, obana noni baba, obana noni baba. Edmund Tagu and Frank Essian with a piece of world music from before you could take a course in it at the university. There's a lot of cocktails you could make with whiskey. Perhaps you might enjoy an old-fashioned or a Rob Roy. Some folks mix whiskey with Coke and peanuts. There's a mint julep, the suburban, and the Sazerac. After dinner, maybe you might enjoy an Irish coffee. There's bourbon sweet tea, the Manhattan, Whiskey Sour, The Brain Duster, The Rusty Nail, The John Collins, The Irish Mule, and The Algonquin. We can't forget The Highball, The Hobnail, The Bass Monkey, or The Irish Redhead. Now me, I like it simple. A couple of fingers of Tennessee whiskey, maybe over ice. Repeat if necessary. Another guy who liked simple was our good friend Bobby Charles. He never got fancy. But he always got his point across. Like in this song about a fella who's got all the whiskey. And that's not all he's got. He got all the money. He got all the money. He got all the money. And he won't give me none He got all the whiskey He got all the whiskey He got all the whiskey But he won't give me none He got all the whiskey He got all the women too. He got all the women, and he won't give me one. Just one. And he got all the power. Oh, he got all the power. He got all the power, but he won't give me none. 
whiskey. He got all the whiskey. Get all the whiskey and you won't give me none. Bobby Charles here on Theme Time Radio Hour, where we are playing songs all about those intoxicating amber fluids that are fermented from grain and mostly stored in oak barrels. Hi, this is Pendulette Penn and Teller, and I've never had a drink of alcohol in my life, but that doesn't stop me from enjoying songs about whiskey here on Theme Time Radio Hour with Bob Dylan. Funny how times change. There are things in this next song that seem woefully out of touch today. For instance, Timmy Rogers. That's not Jimmy Rogers. That's Timmy Rogers. He wants an old whiskey and a young woman and not the other way around because he says, be sure you get a young chick because gals do not improve with age. And that is she shared with Errol Flynn. And it would be easy to write Timmy Rogers off for such sexist thoughts even in 1946 when this record was made. But consider this. He was also a groundbreaking comedian. 
considered the first African-American to do an act that didn't depend on racist props, exaggerated caricature, or grotesque costuming. Most black comics dress like tramps and other type of low characters, so as not to be, as the club owners put it, too aggressive for the white audiences. Timmy wasn't having any of that. He just came out in his tuxedo and he told jokes. He also played the ukulele. Maybe you remember his catchphrase, Oh yeah, which he developed in 1949 and used on television shows with people like Jackie Gleason, Flip Wilson, and Johnny Carson. Money, money, money. Everybody wants money. And you know money is the root of all evil. And I'm trying to find those roots. <laughs> oh yeah. People like Bing Crosby, the Vanderbilts, the Rockefellers, Bob Hope, Ella Fitzgerald. You think they're happy? Oh yeah. <laughs> Don't judge Timmy too harshly. He was backwards in some ways, but he led the charge in others. Most people drink their whiskey straight to get that glowing sensation. And others say you ought to try sparkling water with pinpoint carbonation. Now, ginger ale and ice may be quite nice, but still I don't agree. So if you find that you must drink, well, folks, I think... I've got the recipe. Give me some good whiskey and a bad woman, and I'm checking in to stay. If I get some bad whiskey and a good woman, then, brother, I am on my way. Now I've got my technique And I'm always true to form The whiskey makes me weak And the woman keeps me warm So give me some good whiskey And a bad woman And don't disturb me till 1953 Now give me some strong whiskey And a weak woman And I'll show up Charles Boyer Hetty, I'm ready if I get some weak whiskey and a strong woman, then Jack, there'll be the devil to pay. Now it didn't take me long to learn whereof I speak. Good whiskey makes me strong while it makes my woman weak. So give me some good whiskey and a bad woman and I'll write a book on how to make love. Now give me some old whiskey and a young woman and I'll prove what I just said. Now if I get some young whiskey and an old woman, Jack, then I'm dead. Brother, I am dead. Now to appreciate old liquor, you don't have to be a sage, but make sure you get a young chick for gals do not improve with age. So give me some good whiskey and a bad woman and for a chaser give me lots of love. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Another thing Timmy talks about in that song is pinpoint carbonation. That's an old style of carbonation that they don't use anymore. Well, they used to take dry ice pellets and melt them. It would create smaller, longer-lasting bubbles in the sparkling water, making for a more effervescent drink that would hold on to its fizz further into the evening. We've all heard the phrase beer goggles, where one brew too many might make you think a guy or a gal in a bar is a seven when they're actually a three. Well, here's Laura Cantrell with a more sophisticated version of the same phenomenon. I suppose you could call them spirit spectacles. Here's the whiskey makes you sweeter. Well, the whiskey makes you sweeter than you. Sure, I wouldn't have gone that far. Now the haze is lifted, I can see that the whiskey makes you sweeter than you could ever really be. started slow and steady I went from cola to a bee I made a resolution in the liquor I steer
sweetheart That is what you said to me makes you sweeter than you could ever be to me. A song written by Amy Allison, daughter of longtime theme time favorite Mose Allison. Amy has a similar dark sense of humor like her father, but Amy is more of a country fan than her old man Mose. Soy David Hidalgo de Los Lobos. Están escuchando Theme Time Radio Hour con Bob Dylan. One of the best things about a nice stiff drink is its ability to be the perfect companion for a solitary evening of melancholy rumination. As Frank Sinatra explains in this evocative number, co-written by Doris Tauber, along with the songbird of Savannah, Johnny Mercer, drinking again. Here's Frank. Drinking again And thinking of when When you loved me I'm having a few And wishing that you were here May In the rounds Accepting around From strangers Being a fool Just hoping that you'll appear Sure, I can borrow a smoke Maybe tell some joker bad joke 
but nobody laughs They don't laugh at a broken heart Oh yeah, I'm drinking again That same old story After the kicks There's little old mixed up me Trying to lose Dream that used to be Look at me, I'm drinking again Drinking all over town Yeah, I'm drinking again From his 1967 album, The World We Knew that following year, Jeff Beck recorded an album called Truth with a young singer named Rod Stewart. They cut a track for that record called I've Been Drinking and took songwriting credits. They didn't include it on the album. As a matter of fact, it didn't come out until 2005 when it was a bonus track on a reissue. Give a listen. See if it sounds familiar. See, the generation gap is never as wide as people thought. In this case, the alcohol is made out of fermented corn mash. When the fermented mixture is heated, vapors are given off that contain products of the fermentation, including a relatively high percentage of alcohol. As the vapors cool, they change to liquid and drip from the distillery. Whiskey ordinarily contains about 43% or more of alcohol. Early in the program, I told you that most of the liquids we were talking about today were aged by law in oak barrels. Well, here's a song about the big exception. Corn whiskey must be 80% corn mash as opposed to bourbon's 51%. And since it is not required to be barrel aged, it is often clear in color and lacks the rich flavor that bourbon has. But it does have its fans. Among them, Jimmy Witherspoon. And here's Jimmy from September 30th, 1952. Three years to the day before James Dean died. Jimmy Witherspoon. Corn whiskey. You gotta love a song with hand claps as good as these.
wondered if they had a guy near the microphone really filling that glass at the end of that song. That's a swinging little L.A. band backing up Spoon there. Tiny Webb on guitar and Maxwell Davis on tenor sax and Earl Jackson on piano. You're listening to Theme Time Radio Hour. Let's have another half pint. Here's a little bit of country buggy with the sawing fiddles and dancing steel guitar courtesy of Beaumont, Texas native Billy Harbert. Billboard magazine gave this record a good review in its December 26, 1953 issue, calling it an energetic reading of a barroom novelty, predicting big jukebox play. Well, they were right about what it sounded like. Don't know how many plays it got, though. On Stardy Records, here's Billy Harper. Oh, I was walking down the street one Saturday night uh, Feeling sort of lonesome and the bar room was in sight The pictures painted on the door were elephants of paint So I decided to go in and buy myself a drink Oh, ain't that whiskey hot Oh, ain't that whiskey hot as I walked through that swinging door, I heard someone yell for more. Oh, ain't that whiskey hot? A barfly came across the floor, threw down a silver dollar. He looked at me and winked his eye and took a great big swallow. His face turned pale, his eyes bugged out. I thought that he was dead. But when he finally got his breath, now this is what he said. Oh, ain't that whiskey hot? Oh, ain't that whiskey hot? He said, I guess until I die, I will always wonder why they make that doggone whiskey so hot. Thank you. 
there chanced to be a little miss a sitting at a table. I asked her what her name was, she told me it was Mabel. I asked her if she'd like a drink, she said she guessed she wouldn't. She said I'd never drink before and that she really shouldn't. Oh, ain't that whiskey hot? Oh, ain't that whiskey hot? She said, oh, please don't tempt me, but she drank my bottle empty, saying, oh, ain't that whiskey hot? Ain't that whiskey hot? And while we're on the subject, there's nothing better on a cold night or if you're under the weather than a hot toddy. Here's how I make one. Take a mug, fill it with boiling water till the mug gets nice and hot. While the mug is heating up, take four cloves and stick them in a twist of lemon. You're going to need them later. Empty the mug and fill it back halfway with fresh boiling water. Add a couple of tablespoons of brown sugar and stir it up till it dissolves. Drop in your lemon, twist with the cloves. Squeeze about a quarter ounce of fresh lemon juice and add at least two ounces of bourbon. Now climb under the covers, put on some good soothing music, and if you have a cold, it will be gone in seven to ten days. We've talked about this next song before, how Amos Milburn recorded it first in 1953. We played a version that John Lee Hooker pushed a little more to the blues in 66. But now Jamaica way. Lots of folks were listening to records by guys like Amos Milburn, Roscoe Gordon, and putting a little island skip to the beat. Ska, blue beat, later on reggae, was influenced heavily by American jump blues, as you can hear from this 1968 recording by Kingston native Alfred Brown for Jamaica's Muffet label. Owned coincidentally by Lenroy Muffet. It was picked up later the same year by Chris Blackwell for his better distributed Island Records in the UK. Here's Alfred Brown with one scotch, one bourbon, and one beer.
singing about a hat trick of inebriance here on the special whiskey edition of Theme Time Radio Hour. I was missing a drink at Elmo's Lounge the other night when a termite walked in and asked me where was the bartender. Have another drink. You'll get that one later. <laughs> Hi, this is Jenny Lewis, and I'm having a whiskey with Bob Dylan on Theme Time Radio Hour. Our next selection is about rye whiskey. Well, what is rye whiskey, you might ask? It's a whiskey that's distilled from at least 51% rye grains that gives it a spicier taste than bourbon. Harry Schultz is going to tell you all about it. Harry recorded down in Beaumont, Texas for the Gold Style label. People gave him credit for introducing Cajun elements into Western swing. Legend has it, he wrote the Cajun classic Jolie Blonde but sold the rights to it. For a hundred dollars and a bottle of whiskey. They still tell stories about him down in Beaumont Way, but I think all you really need to know is that he got arrested for not paying alimony, and after three days in the pokey, he got the DTs and started banging his head against the bars of the jail cell until he lost consciousness he never woke up he was all of 28 years old gone too soon here's a man who crammed a lot of living in those 28 years and as promised he starts this song off with a variation of the same floating verse Charlie Poole used 18 years earlier That's me playing a violin. If the ocean were whiskey and I were a dove, I'd dive to the bottom and never come up. I surely will die. 
it, I'll lie on the floor. What about the back porch? <laughs> whiskey rye, whiskey rye, whiskey I cry. <laughs> if I don't get rye whiskey, I surely will die. <laughs> A little song about rye whiskey by the short-lived Harry Schultz. Another man who died much too young was the Bard of Ayrshire, Robert Burns, who died at the age of 37. Burns was known as the Plowman's Poet because his works touched on subjects that the working man could appreciate. No New Year's Eve celebration would be complete without his auld lang syne. But in 1782, he wrote a poem about two lovers who meet for a bit of canoodling in a field of rye. Actually, Burns really just cleaned up a dirtier older poem. His version is still pretty risque, but if you bother to look up the early version, I think you might be shocked by some of the language. I won't repeat it here because I know we have some younger listeners, but I do love the way my buddy John C. Riley recites Burns, so I think I'll give him a call to see if he'll do it for us. Hello. Hey, John, it's Bob. Oh, hey, Bob. I'm just doing a radio show about whiskey. I was wondering if you wouldn't mind reading Robert Burns' Coming Through the Rye. Oh, be my pleasure. You want me to recite it or sing it? Sing it? Yeah, that's what they used to do when people didn't read so much. They gave all the poems melodies so folks could remember them. Well, if you don't mind singing it. No, I'd be happy to. Let's see here. Coming through the rye, poor buddy, coming through the rye. She draggled a her petticoaty, coming through the rye. Oh, Jenny, she's a wheat, poor buddy, Jenny's seldom dry. She draggled a her petticoaty, coming through the rye. Gin a buddy, meet a buddy, coming through the rye. Gin a buddy, kiss a buddy, need a buddy cry. Oh, Jenny, she's a wheat, poor buddy, Jenny's seldom dry. She draggled a her petticoaty coming through the rye. Gin a buddy, meet a buddy coming through the glen. Gin a buddy, kiss a buddy, need the world to ken. Oh, Jenny, she's a wheat poor body. Jenny's seldom dry. She draggled a her petticoaty coming through the rye. John, that's just beautiful. We've got to get you into the studio. Anytime, Bob. What's your mailbox now? There's a bottle of rye heading your way. Well, thank you very kindly, Bob. You know, I always like it when John sings in movies. He's great in Prairie Home Companion where he sings that whoopie tie io song with Woody Harrelson. And he really captured Oliver Hardy as well. He should have been nominated for Academy Award. Maybe he'll play Robert Burns in a movie someday. But in the meantime, here's Julie London. With another approach to coming through the rye. If a body meets a body coming through the rye. 
If a body kiss a body need a body cry Every lassie has her laddie None they say have I Yet all the lads they smile at me when coming through the ride A body coming from the town If a body meets a body Need a body frown Every lassie has her laddie None they say have I Yet all the lads they smile at me when Coming through the ride Coming through the ride Coming through the ride This is Zach Webb and Bobby Troop Coming through the ride We haven't done a show in a while, but we still get emails. This one is from B. Plunkett up in Napa Valley, California. B. writes, Dear Bob, I worry that I may be drinking a little too much. How do I know if I have a problem? Well, B, if you go to wipe something off your shoulder and it's the floor, or if you walk into a bar and say to the bartender, I'll have one too many, you might have a problem. But seriously, if drinking is getting in the way of your life, there are individuals and organizations that are there to help you. Seek them out. You don't have to do it alone. Drinking should not stop you from being fun and functional, and the folks at Heaven's Door encourage you to drink responsibly. You know, there was a time when the government didn't trust us to drink responsibly. It was called prohibition. Poor enforcement does not justify you in drinking poison, patronizing the bootlegger, or tramping underfoot the laws of the land you love. Prohibition has given you an opportunity to let booze alone. But of course, people still drink. Some booze was brought into the country illegally by Bugsy Siegel, who later founded Las Vegas. But isn't it strange? There's no statues of him there. But lots of people made their own whiskey. Some just for themselves, but plenty of folks sold it for profit. It might have been called Tanglefoot, Ruckus Juice, White Lightning, Moonshine, Yak Yak. Tiger sweat, corn squeezins, stump water, panther piss, <laughs> or as Ralph and Carter Stanley sing about here, that good old mountain dew. Down the road here from me, there's an old holler tree where you lay down a dollar or two. Go on around the bend, come back again, there's a jug full of that good old mountain dew. Oh, they call it that good old mountain dew, and then they refuse. 
up my mug if you fill up my jug with that good old Stanley Brothers. They had an Uncle Snort who was four feet short, but he felt like a giant when he gave him a pint of that good old Mountain Dew. The end of Prohibition helped bring about the beginning of NASCAR. Bootleggers and moonshiners were always on the run for revenueers who kept trying to shut them down. They drove sipped-up cars and learned to handle the back roads at high speeds. But when Prohibition was repealed, they still had that need for speed. In 1947, Big Bill France, a guy trusted by both hot rodders and bootleggers, standardized some racing rules in Daytona, Florida. A few months later, the first official NASCAR race was held. You're listening to Theme Time Radio Hour with a jug of moonshine liquor. I always wondered why it was called moonshine. I thought maybe it was because it made at night. A few years ago, I met up with Van Morrison on Philippopolis Hill in Greece. That's up above the Athens Basin. They call it the Hill of the Muses. Anyway, he told me this crazy story about brandy smuggled into England in the 1700s in Wilshire. Wilshire is a county in southwest England. It's where Stonehenge is, and in the 18th century smuggling French brandy, it was a big business there. Locals would hide the barrels in local ponds and retrieve them at night with long rakes when the lawmen and revenuers finished searching the area. If any of these revenuers returned while they were doing it, they would pretend to be simple-minded. They would point to the moon's reflection in the pond and tell the constabulary that they were trying to rake in a wheel of cheese. The gullible lawmen would laugh at the foolish moon rakers and leave. Now Van swore to me that this is where Moonshine got its name. 
this song is not only about moonshine, but also mentions hot pants, Arkansas, bubbles in the water, and streamline promenade. Here's Van the Man and Moonshine Whiskey. Oh, she gave me moonshine whiskey. Oh, she gave me southern love. Deep in the heart of Texas. There we get the stars above. Oh, she got me southern comfort. Oh, she gave me moonshine over. I wanna get down some 
bubbles. Watch the bubbles come up in the water. Promenade, swing line in the water. Swing line, promenade, get funky. Funky's you wanna be. Morrison and Moonshine Whiskey. You're listening to Theme Time Radio Hour. Let's get frisky with a little more whiskey. Every time it rains, it rains bourbon from heaven I found out each cloud contains bourbon from heaven That good old whiskey's falling from north to south Be sure your head's thrown well back Open your mouth You might know this next song by David Bowie or The Doors but it is originally from a short opera called Mahogany Songspiel written by Bertolt Brecht with music by Kurt Weill in 1927 Actually Elizabeth Hauptmann, another collaborator of Brex, wrote the English lyrics to this particular song as a parody. In this song, Lottelania played Jenny, a prostitute who was leaving her small town for a wild and woolly city not unlike Vegas in its heyday. Lottie was an Austrian singer who lived much of her life in the United States. She was the great love of Kurt Weill's life. She must have been. He married her twice. <laughs> 
Lottie utilizes a singing technique called spectrum, which the Oxford English Dictionary defines as a style of dramatic vocalization intermediate between speech and song, you know, half speaking, half singing. I've been known to use that myself. On April 13, 1956, Lottie met another distinctive voice when she visited a Louis Armstrong recording session. Satchmo was recording a version of Mac the Knife, a song Lottie's husband Kurt wrote with Breton Brecht. You can hear Louis ad-lib a hello to Lottie in the song. Suki Tawdry, Jenny Diver, Lottie Lanyard, Sweet Lucy Brown. But here's the lady herself, full of ambition and spectrum, La Linea, and the Alabama song. Oh, show us the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. For we must find the next whiskey bar. For if we don't find the next whiskey bar. I tell you we must die. I tell you we must die. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you we must of me, I still don't know what that song has to do with Alabama or Sprechstimme. <laughs> hey, now, it's Billy F. Gibbons, 
And you're listening right here, right now to Theme Time Radio Hour with Bob Dylan. You know, if you go to the track, they might check to see if the horse you bet on is full of sodium bicarbonate. That's right. Simple baking soda. It reduces the buildup of lactic acid in muscles and allows the horse to run longer without getting tired. The danger is the horse feels no pain and keeps running, unaware it might be causing permanent damage. There's also steroids, pain meds, stimulants of all sizes and colors. There's even a powerful pain-killing opiate that trainers discovered can be administered by having the horse lick the back of a South American waxy monkey leaf frog. Hmm. They keep finding new things to test the horses for, but I'm not sure if they test the jockeys for anything. He might be there watching the sixth race with money on a five-to-one favorite, and the horse is stone sober, but riding him is a jockey full of bourbon. Here's Tom Waits. Jockey full of bourbon, Tom Waits. A good bourbon drink you'll find around a lot of racetracks is a mint julep. It's the official drink of the Kentucky Derby, 
though it predates the Derby by more than a century. Joshua Smith was a Southern journalist and judge, son of Michael and Matilda, husband of Alice, father of Lottie, Nellie, and Florence. But perhaps most importantly, a Kentucky colonel fully recognized, like myself, by the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Sometime in the 1890s, he wrote a love poem to that easy-to-make-drink known both for its sweetness and potency, which was published in the Lexington Herald. Here's how that poem, titled The Sweet Dream of Drunks, concludes. Then comes the zenith of man's pleasure. Then comes the julep, the mint julep. Who has not tasted one who has lived in vain? The honey of Hymettus brought no such solace to the soul. The nectar of the gods is tame beside it. It is the very dream of drinks, the vision of sweet quaffings. The bourbon and the mint are lovers. In the same land they live, on the same food they have fostered. The mint dips its infant leaf into the same stream that makes the bourbon what it is. And then when it's made, sip it slowly. August suns are shining. The breath of south wind is upon you. It's fragrant, cold, sweet, is seductive. No maiden's kiss is tenderer or more refreshing. No maiden's touch could be more passionate. Sip it and dream. You're listening to Theme Time Radio Hour, and we played a version of this next song on our Tennessee episode by one of my favorite outlaws, Edgar Allan Poe. No, I'm saying David Allan Coe. But I can't imagine doing a show about whiskey and not playing this song. I also can't imagine not playing George Jones so I could kill two birds with one stone. And maybe one of them should be a raven. <laughs> George took this up to number two on the country charts in 1983. And just a couple of years later in 2015, Chris Stapleton took it to number one on that same chart after doing a duet of it with Justin Timberlake on the CMA Music Awards. But for now, let's pour out a shot of Tennessee whiskey with the old possum, George Jones. I used to spend my nights out in a bar room Rescued me from reaching for the bottom And you brought me back from being too far gone You're as smooth as Tennessee whiskey You're as In all the same old places Found the bottom of the bottom Oh, 
But when you poured out your heart, I didn't waste it. Cause there's nothing like your love to get me high. You're as smooth as Tennessee whiskey. George Jones. He's staying stone on love all the time. Hold on a second. Let's take a call. Hello, caller. Hey, Bob. It's me, Allison Janney. Oh, Allison. Congratulations on that Academy Award. Aw, uh, thanks. I got one of those, too. Uh-huh. How the hell are you? Well, I'm doing fine, like sparkling wine. I'm really enjoying the show. I'm listening on my smart toaster. I knew that's how people were listening. <laughs> I have a question. Go ahead. Shoot. You know how you played Tennessee Whiskey? Yeah. I thought that was a Chris Stapleton song. I just explained that. I heard, but a friend of mine was telling me that the same thing happened with that Metallica song, Whiskey in the Jar. Well, your friends are right, Allison. Whiskey in the Jar is an Irish folk song. Most people probably heard it first by the Dubliners, but Metallica learned it from the Thin Lizzy version. Wow. Gosh, I'd love to hear it. I'm happy to play it for you. Thanks, Bob. And speaking of cover versions, I loved the way you sang Once Upon a Time on that Tony Bennett special. Oh, Allison, you're embarrassing me. Hey, that's a pretty good rhyme. Somebody give me a pencil. Allison Jenny. I wonder if that's the same Jenny from Coming Through the Rye. Here's Thin Lizzy. Whiskey in the jar.
Lizzie, whiskey in the jar. It's become kind of a hard rock staple, but when you hear Thin Lizzie do it, you can still hear its DNA as an Irish folk song. The kind that's been sung in pubs for years and years. 
And here it made me realize we can't do a show on this subject without hearing from the Clancy Brothers. And even though the Clancy's were as Irish as leprechaun teeth, next song actually has its roots in Scotland, where it was known as the Stirrup Cup, a final drink for the Scottish fox hunters before they mounted and rode off to chase the quarry. If Frank was singing it, he might have called it one for the road. Seeing as we're getting near the end of our show, I can think of no one I'd rather share a parting glass with more than the Clancy Brothers. Oh, all the money that e'er I spend, I spend it in good company. And all the harm that I ever did, alas, it was to none but me. And all I've done for want of wit To memory now I can't recall So fill to me the parting glass Good night and joy be with you If I had money enough to spend And leisure time to sit a while There is a fair maid in this town That sorely has my heart beguiled Our rosy cheeks and ruby lips I own she has my heart in thrall So fill to me the parting glass Good night and joy be with you Oh, all the comrades that e'er I had They're sorry for my going And all the sweethearts that e'er I had They'd wish me one more day to stay But since it falls unto my lot That I should rise and you should not I'll gently rise And softly call Good night and joy be with The Clancy Brothers The third show we did was about drinking So you could tell how important a theme we considered it Back then, Liam Clancy told a wonderful story About the Clancy's early days of recording Now, we don't usually like to repeat ourselves But the story does concern a bottle of whiskey, and more importantly, I really wanted to hear my friend's voice again. Here's Liam Clancy. Our first A&R man was Theo Macero. Uh, Theo Macero said, I'm an A&R man. I said, what does that mean? He said, artist and repertoire. And I have to find your songs for you. I said, how can you find our songs for it? They're 200 years old. We learned it from old timers in Ireland. I learned it from my mother. I learned it from Tommy Macon's mother. And uh, he said, yeah, I've been wondering about that. So what are you going to do? He said, put up the microphones, we'll sing. It's our job. 
set up two microphones. I remember my brother Paddy, he took a bottle of whiskey out in a brown paper bag, opened it up. Tommy Makeup never took a drink in his life, but the rest of us had a few drinks. And we sang. We just started blasting into songs. We turned down an album. We had it done within a few hours. And the next recording session, Theo Macero walks in, gets out a brown paper bag, unleashes the whiskey, and said, gentlemen, your arranger has arrived. <laughs> Liam Clancy, here on the special whiskey edition of Theme Time Radio Hour. I have on occasion, Your Honor, found myself disguised by liquor. On that night, I went out and got absolutely stocious and came home pixelated and swizzled. The next day, I woke up feeling like I had a forehead full of carpenters. We've all overindulged occasionally. Sometimes you tie one on with your friends and you wake up with a hangover. Everybody's got a cure to recommend. It's like hiccups. They don't always work. But here's another type of hangover. The kind you get from drinking alone from a love gone wrong and no hair of the dog or poached egg and milk or eating a Bermuda onion like an apple is going to cure it. Billy Williams, she spells it B-Y-L-L-Y-E, knows the cure, but it might not be in her reach. Miss Williams is a little-known singer who was born in Michigan but made her living in Chicago recording for Cornelius Toole's Theron record label. She died at the age of 36 and only recorded a few sides, but was a popular attraction at many of the top night spots around Chicago's Loop, including the 113 Club, Millie's Cocktail Lounge, the Groove Circle Inn, McKay's Disc Jockey Lounge, the Sunnyside Room, Duke Slater's Viceroy Tavern, the Elbow Room, Manny Almeida's Ringside Lounge, Faye's Rose Bowl, Cadillac Bob's Flame Show Bar, just to name a few. Here's Billy Williams painting a bleak picture of that morning after when the bottle, her heart, and her bed are all empty. Hangover Blues.
life you choose You got me drinking Rucas juice I tried my best to make you love me But I see it ain't no use I've got a headache, baby No drums, piano's out of tune, guitar way in the background, doesn't matter. Perfect. Everybody's so busy fixing their mistakes and auto-tuning, they wouldn't know how to make a record like this anymore. That was Chicago's Billy Williams. She's got empty bottles in the sink, but it ain't no use, she's all alone. While we're on the subject of Chicago and nightclubs, I'm going to read you a poem by Hayden Carruth, a poet who won a National Book Award for his collection of poems, Scrambled Eggs and Whiskey. This is the one that gave that book its title. Scrambled Eggs and Whiskey. In the false dawn light, Chicago. A sweet town, bleak, God knows, but sweet, sometimes. And where we find tonight, when Hank set up that limping trouble roll behind me, my horn just growled, and I thought my heart would burst. And Brad M. pressing with a soft stick. And Joanne singing low. Here we are now in the white tower leaning. On one another too tired. To go home, but don't say a word. Don't tell a soul. They wouldn't understand. They couldn't, never. In a million years, how fine, how magnificent we were in that old club tonight. Hayden Gareth, oh, easy poet. Hi, this is Sarah Silverman, and you're listening to Theme Time Radio Hour with Bob Dylan. Now, we're just about done. And there's one thing we got to do before it gets too late. And I'm going to let a musical legend from Memphis named Tough Green give us our marching orders. Tough got his start playing bass with Jimmy Lunsford, one of the truly exemplary swing bands, and added the bottom to all sorts of important records. That's him on B.B. King's Three O'Clock in the Morning Blues, Roscoe Gordon's No More Doggin', which was actually recorded in Toff's living room. In the background is a big instrumental hit that Ace Cannon had on high records in 1962 that he had the good sense to entitle, you guessed it, Tough. Tough's band was legendary. Mose Allison, Amy's father, said they were the first rock and roll band he ever saw when he first caught them in 1947. On the record we're about to hear, recorded in Memphis in 1949 for the Bullet label, you'll hear Phineas Newborn Sr. on drums, as well as his son on piano, who went out to play with legends like Charlie Mingus, Lionel Hampton, and Zoot Sims. Tough Green. Standing at the nexus of swing, soul, jazz, jump, blues, and rock and roll. How is he not a household name? But like I said, he's got something he wants us to do, and I don't think you're going to mind. Here's Tough Green in his orchestra. Let's go to the liquor store. Let's go. I think I want some gin. Right now? No, I'll tell you when. 
wind If I should go to the next door Everyone here will surely know I like champagne, but that's not the thing Give me a bottle of rum If the police shake me down while I'm staggering over town I'll be right back just to look around Let's go Across the street to the liquor store green not sure i'm happy with his shopping list i'd add a couple of things if i were him but then again my liquor store knows me pretty well i don't see anything wrong with that charles bukowski might beg to differ bukowski was a beloved poet of the gutters whose alcohol drenched stories and poems about lowlifes drunkards whores and forgotten men and women who populate the skid rows and tent cities of every country in the world allowed him to remain an outsider even after selling millions of books. In his novel, Mother, he had this to say about becoming too well-known at your local package store. I like to change liquor stores frequently because the clerks got to know your habits if you went in night and day and bought huge quantities. I could feel them wondering why I wasn't dead yet, and it made me uncomfortable. They probably weren't thinking any such thing. But then a man gets paranoid when he has 300 hangovers a year. Charles Bukowski, hard drinking poet. Well, it's just about time for us to say goodbye. I can't believe it that it's over so soon. I didn't even get to a bunch of records I wanted to play, and I never had a chance to talk about Bourbon Street or the French dynasty from whence it got its name. I never got around to Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Or if rye bread is related to rye whiskey, which, by the way, it is. But there's plenty more to say on the subject. So why don't you gather up some friends, lay in a couple of bottles, crack some ice, rustle up some snacks, keep the party going. As for us, we'll be up here in the Abernathy building, and when you least expect it, we'll be back with more dreams, themes, and schemes. 
So until then, here's a toast David Crosby taught me. Some ships are wooden ships, and those ships may sink. But the best ships are friendships, and to those ships we drink. So stay safe. We'll see you soon. Bottoms up. For heaven's sake, it's heaven's door. You've been listening to Theme Time Radio Hour with your host, Bob Dylan. Produced by Eddie Gorodetsky. Associate producer, Lester Hawkins. Edited by Damian Rodriguez. Additional score, Tom Polchay. Research by David Beale on the Lower East Side and Parker Fischel. Theme Time production staff, Diane Lapson, Debbie Sweeney, and Callie Gladman. Special thanks to Jeroen Vandermeer, Jeff Schulberg, Rob Santos, Coco Shinomiya, Ella Steinbeck, and Samson's Diner. For Heaven's Door, Mark Bouchala, Ryan Perry, and Andrea Myers. Recorded in Studio B, the Abernathy Building. This has been a Grey Water Park production in association with Big Red Tree. This has been your announcer, Pierre Mancini, speaking. Oh, yeah.